Please don't push me. Please don't push me, but y'all push B. Now we got dwellers from Cali to Flatbush B. Now they got heat on their feet that say press B. And now we so deep in the streets, y'all can't stress me. Can't curse me, then bless me. I'm crucifying my flesh, that's less me. SAT from preaching, can't test me. Atheists are now believing, that bless me. Yeah, we got the basement replacing any of those worldly pursuits that y'all chasing. Any of those trials and tests that y'all facing. Any of the relationships that y'all changing. We rearranging, making the shame shift. Giving Satan back what's his, that's the blame shift. Rise up and walk commands, that's the lame shift. Cheat codes for living this life, that's the game shift. All on Yeshua, man, the rest is manure, man. I'm dying daily, so I rise up a purer man. Pressing B daily, so my sins looking fewer, man. Washing the blood, so my sins down the sewer, man. Yeah, so press B with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be. Uh. Yeah, so press B with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be. Welcome to The Basement, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tim Ross. I hope you are all doing well. Shout out to all of my B-siders. I love you guys so much, and thank you so much for supporting this app. We are here because of you. I'm so excited about my guest today. Like, thrilled. I still have my little thumper foot from uh, the the live that we did. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm so giddy. So anyway, um... I cannot wait for you to hear uh, this woman's story, um, the glory that uh, she gives God as a result of it, and um, the movement that has become uh, a part of it. It is uh, inspirational. It is emotional. It is sweet. It is redemptive. And it is a story of God's. Ladies and gentlemen, with me today. I have the president of Embrace Grace, my homie from a different mommy. Ladies and gentlemen, Amy Ford is in the Woo! building, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go! Woo! So excited to be here. I am so glad you're here. Yes. Thank you for saying yes. Yeah. I mean, I know we haven't had a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. We've crossed paths before. We but have a million mutual friends. A million. For sure. Literally not an exaggeration. <laughs> It's a million of them. Yes. And, so today, <laughs> and they're all in the DFW Metroplex. <laughs> yes, for sure. But today we're real friends. We are. It's just our Look time. Look at yeah, us. Yeah, there's no third party going between us. There's right. no indirectness. It's just straight up direct. Mm-hmm. One degree of separation. Click, click. Yep. I'm excited about it. Okay, so uh, I'm uh, I'm resisting the urge. Hmm. I want to, I'm trying to like not dive straight in because. Hot topic. It, it's you, your your story is just and what you're doing is so necessary as a believer and it is so smothered mm. like it's like it's like people want to put a wet blanket over it mm. and I'm like if we if we could draw from your story and the grace behind it, we could help millions of people. Mm. I'm not going to say no more than that because <laughs> I, 
I, I want I want you to have context and 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 so would you just start us from the beginning the beginning of how you became to be you okay like like you're the president of this incredible organization mm-hmm. and there's a story as to why you are the president <laughs> of this a why. <laughs> there's a why behind it right you just didn't get up one day like I just have a heart. No. <laughs> right? So 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 give us that story. Okay. Well, okay, I grew up in a very Christian home. Mm-hmm. Oldest of four kids and they were very strict. Mm-hmm. I went to church all the time. Twice a week, but I didn't have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So I went to a Christian private school, met a boy, and he told me all the the greatest things, which it, it, he, well, I won't fast forward, but he actually is amazing. I don't want it to sound like it's not. He is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I just fell hard for him. And we ended up getting pregnant. Gotcha. So when you're a really strict home mm-hmm. and like I was terrified to tell my parents yeah. I was going to be the black sheep of the family. I was the oldest of four kids, so I'm leading them all astray, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so much pressure. So, And you went to a Christian school. And I went to a Christian school that was tiny. It right. was like 20-something kids. Wow. And so you just can't hide something like that. Right. Like it, it's going to come out. Right. And, and I had just graduated, actually, but still we were all so close-knit. It was going to to be spread, you know? So I was so scared. And even though I grew up knowing abortion was wrong, I was so terrified. Fear makes you do crazy things. Absolutely. And I'm like, I think maybe an abortion would be so much easier than having to tell my parents than having to, you know, I think the enemy lies to you. Yeah, tells for sure. you like the worst case scenarios. Yep. Your life is over. Your dreams are over. Yep. Everything's done. Yep. And so we told or, or we went to um, the abortion clinic mm-hmm. and me and the father of the baby. And I had really like stuffed down all my emotions have you ever been like in robot mode mm-hmm. where you're like kind of going through a trauma, but you're like, I'm fine. Everything's Absolutely. fine. Yes. And I'm just going through the motions and I'm just like disconnecting mm-hmm. from what's happening. But Correct. yet I am making the appointment. Yep. I paid for it. Yep. I went into the room and they start explaining to me how they're going to do it. And I don't know what happened in that moment. It was like all the disconnect came to um, a a point where I couldn't anymore. Like Mm. when I'm looking at it in Mm. the face of Mm. like, this is about to happen. Mm. And I ended up hyperventilating and passing out in the abortion room. And when I came to, I was on the floor, the nurses were all around around me. They were fanning me, trying to give me a drink of water. And I start then bawling hysterically. And one of the nurses, which I've had so many friends that have had abortions and they're like, this is not like my story at all. But one of the nurses actually cared. And she said, you're too emotionally distraught to make this decision today. Wow. You can come back another day, but today you're not getting an abortion. So I go back out in the waiting room where my baby daddy was 
And I tell him, he could see my face was like swollen from crying so much. And I look at him and I said, we're still pregnant. And he was like, he kind of just closed his eyes for a minute. And he was like, okay. And we had, we were like high school sweethearts. We knew we wanted to get married someday, but yep. just not necessarily the way. You right. Know? Absolutely. This so, wasn't a part of how you thought that no, experience would go. Absolutely. No. And so we went back and told uh, my parents, it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. They definitely were very disappointed, you know, and mm-hmm. all of it. But so we decided to get married when I was 16 weeks pregnant. Okay. I married my baby daddy, mm-hmm. which we're still married. And 25 years. Hey. 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 Let's get it. <laughs> Let's daddy. go. My baby daddy. You got a year on, on me and Juliet. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it's a miracle, right? It is. It is a miracle. It is. So I, we, so 16 weeks pregnant, we want to get married. The man, the pastor that had led my husband to the Lord years before, he was a believer. We just weren't walking. And mm-hmm. we hadn't surrendered our life. Understood. Absolutely. So we asked him if he would marry us. And he said, no, I'm sorry, because you've sinned. I will not bless this marriage. And we were like, okay. So we found someone else that would marry us. but it, And we had a beautiful wedding in Dallas. But it felt like a scarlet letter. Mm. Like, what do people know? Do they, you know, Mm because I was starting to show just a little bit. Yeah. So I felt so much shame. And we tried to go back to church after that. But it's like the elephant in the room. And people don't know whether to say congratulations or I'm sorry. So then they just don't say anything. And then you feel alone in a crowd of people. And you know people know now. But, like, no one's saying anything. Yeah. So we just stopped going for, like, a really long time. So we had a son, have a son named Jess. And he's 25 now. And he's amazing. Like, he he led has led so many kids to the Lord. He started a ministry in high school where it was, like, in the parks um, where he, him and uh, Keziah Franklin, Kirk Franklin's son, they started it together, and they would do it in parks in Arlington. And all these kids would come because it was student-led. Yeah. There were no adults. No, no adults. Yeah. In fact, we found out a, a few times that youth pastors would come because they were like, who are, where are all our kids? <laughs> where are they going to this? But it was like, because I would lead worship. Jess would um, would teach and uh, with a couple of other guys, and it was so powerful. So he has such a heart for evangelism. He went to Oral Roberts University, majored in like theology type uh, major, and then got his MBA. And he's married to a labor and delivery nurse, and it's so crazy to think that he almost wasn't here, and he's here, and he's amazing. and And so whenever he was two. That pastor that wouldn't marry us, he actually called my husband out of the blue. And he asked for forgiveness. Good for him. He said he felt like it was his worst mistake in pastoring history that he had Good ever made. for him. And will you forgive And my husband loves this pastor. He was like, yes, I've missed you so bad. You know, oh they're, they're still to this day great friends. Well, one so more part. Sweet. When he, when my son was 16, that pastor that went at Mary's, he's a pastor in Austin, Texas. Okay. And he tells this story too. We're great. He, he, cause he has a whole like God story too. Yeah, of what God sure. did in his heart, right. you know, through this. 
And so, um, but he asked me to come speak at his church and talk about pro-love and Embrace Grace because Embrace Grace had started at that point. And he was very open with his congregation before I had gotten there in town. He told them I had a religious spirit. I had a Pharisee heart. This is what I did years ago. Mm. So I came, I spoke, I did my thing. Well, afterwards, in front of the whole congregation, he said, Amy, will you come back on the platform? And I want your son, Jess, to come on the platform. And he looked at me in front of everyone. He said, Amy, years ago, I asked your husband for forgiveness, but I never really asked you. Will you forgive me? I was like, yes, of course. That was 16 years ago. Like, I forgave you a long time ago. We love you. You know, all this stuff. Well, then he looked at my son. 16 in front of the whole church. And he said, will you forgive me for planting seeds of rejection in your heart before you were ever even born? And while you were in your mother's womb, I rejected you. Will you forgive me? And my son, 16 in front of the whole church, says, I forgive you. And it was such a powerful moment in that room. Like, you could feel church wounds being lifted. Mm-hmm. That the fact that the pastor would do this in front of everyone. Um, and it was really healing for Jess. Yeah, for and sure. his side of the story because he kind of struggled I told him I was when he turned 13 was kind of when Embrace Grace took off and I was about to be on like James Robinson and some shows and I hadn't told him yeah you know yeah and so I took him to the Cheesecake Factory and I have four kids now and so it was weird to take one kid you know, <laughs> to the, he knew something was up me and my husband right right and I had all my friends praying because I didn't want him to take it as reject. Like we just were dumb kids and we didn't know. Yeah, absolutely. Like he wasn't planned by us, but he was planned by God. Absolutely. And we didn't know what we didn't know. And we wouldn't, we love him. I mean, he knows how loved he is, you know. So we tell him, you know, and I'm, he's 13 at the time. And I'm like, how does this make you feel? And, you know, what do you think that a 13 year old responded with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh no. Uh. Oh no. So, but <laughs> <laughs> that's really hilarious. But over time, a couple months when he kind of did start struggling, we didn't know until later he struggled yeah. with yeah. his. Yeah. Um, you know, the enemy started lying to him. You weren't even supposed to be here. Your right. Didn't even want you. Right. All of that. Yeah. And he had he was going to Gateway, and Gateway Youth had asked him to speak, even at thirteen, which is so crazy. Speak on five minutes on how you're an overcomer. And so he was like trying to pray about what he was going to say. And the Lord gave him this message. But he said, he came into our room. He's like, mom, this is what I think I'm going to say. He said, I was an overcomer before I was ever even born. Mm. And that Satan had a plan to take me out, but I'm here. And I want to use my story and use my life to honor him. And he's like, do you think that that's, I'm like, that's amazing. You know, with tears. Um, And he has like, he's so, he's so amazing. So going through all of that just made me realize like the power that the church has. So I went to church every single week. Yes, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord, but I went. So why did I not think the church was a safe place to go talk to about my situation, to get prayer, wisdom, guidance, counsel, something, even know where to go? Back then, we didn't have Google, so or it was just kind of starting to come out, so we had to use the phone book, and for any of you young ones, <laughs> it's a right. big, giant, yellow book. 
you have to flip in alphabetical order. Um, and so, you know, we okay. went straight to the abortion clinic. Like, I didn't know that there's pregnancy centers that are totally free and they're 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 funded by the churches and people yeah. and they will help you. Yeah. And no one ever told me yeah. that I had no idea. Yeah, for sure. And so how many other women that are out there that maybe have gone either, either they were raised in the church and don't feel they're a safe place to go to in that situation, or they've never stepped foot in a church and they sure as heck are not coming when they're in that situation. And I think as a church, sometimes we're known more for what we're against than what we're for. And we should be for people. Absolutely. For helping them get back on their feet. Absolutely. And my story would be a lot different if I had had gone to the church for, for you know, and I don't know how they would have responded to my hear horror stories. There are millions of them. Horror. Horror stories. Yes. And I do think it's gotten better because sometimes the horror stories I'm hearing are from older people that yep. are like, what, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah, for like, sure. Oh. But still, I was talking to someone in New York the other day. They were saying that um, they were still making women stand up in front of the congregations and confess their sin. Did they make men do that? No. No. And why is it just that sin? Like, why is it... That they did, that they ate too much at the buffet. Like, why don't they confess that? Or, I mean, why is it that one? And the baby's not a sin. The baby's a miracle. Absolutely correct. So, That's why they call it the miracle of birth. Right. Secular people call it the miracle it's of birth. A miracle. Everything that has to go right. Right. For a human being to come out fully formed. Eyes, ears, nose, mouth. 10 digits on their hands, 10 digits on their feet, bowels working, heart not irregular, <laughs> stomach, colon, veins. It's a miracle. A miracle. Yeah, so anyways. All right, so 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 girl, I heard so much in that anyways. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot there. <laughs> All right, so so let me let me say this. Um, first of all, you've painted a beautiful picture for us, and here's the first thing about this story that just wipes me out. It's so cinematic, and that is your body took your breath your breath away mm -hmm. before it could take your child. Mm. Like you hyperventilated and passed out. Yeah. Like, what? This is like, this is so cinematic. You can't even make it up, right? Totally. And, and, and to walk out of there with your baby daddy, <laughs> who is now your husband, mm -hmm. and to go home and the first lie be snuffed out by your parents' reaction. Right. Right, because that—that's what put y'all there in the first place. Totally. Right, it's like I'm too scared to tell them. I'm too scared to tell them. Which that was one thing they were like, "Why?" Like it was our like w because of us, you felt like yes, you needed to go to an abortion clinic. Yes, mom and dad. Right. Yeah, like <laughs> yes, mommy and daddy. But that's you know, the truth. it's so that's a whole nother subject is just 
security talks and churches and what you're taught. Correct. Oh, absolutely. For the longest time about losing your purity. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening online, I'm, I have air quotes on that one. (laughs) Um, Because virginity and purity are not the same thing. Ooh. Oh, yay. And we're seeing like girls. So we have kind of two sets of girls in our Brace Grace groups, Mm -hmm. which these are support groups for women with unexpected pregnancies in churches all over the nation. So we have the girls that were raised in church because mm-hmm. the abortion rate is exactly the same inside the church as it is outside. Correct. There's so no it, difference. So is the divorce rate. Yes. And it's one in four that have abortions. Sheesh. So they're in our churches. And so the girls that have been raised in the church, they got their purity ring. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. And then they lose their purity, is what they say. And they take it off. Mm. And they stuff it in the back of their jewelry box. Wow. Because they lost it. And then all of a sudden, the mindsets change. Right. Because now it's like, well, I've lost my purity, so I might as well sleep with everybody or sleep or you know like i've already lost it yeah yeah when purity is not purity is a is is your heart correct your thoughts it's your in and so my daughter she wanted to get a purity ring when she was 16 and i was like listen (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna call this a pure heart ring Good for you. And you don't take it off. Yeah. If you mess up, like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. For wanting to make a commitment to stay abstinent until you're married. Like, that is so admirable. Absolutely. But don't take it off. Good. If something happens, like, ask for forgiveness and start again. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because we've been washed white as snow. Yeah, like, absolutely. You be- you're a believer. But it has messed with the, a lot of girls' minds yeah. of like, because then all of their decisions they make after that point is from a perspective of I'm dirty. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. And so we're trying, that's another thing we try to do in Embrace Grace is like changing that, you know, that, that thinking. But I've even, I've heard crazy stories about, those teachings too. One time a guy told me a long time ago, he said that he was a boy in youth group and mm-hmm. he, it affected him from the male perspective of mm-hmm. like, there was a pastor who was open hamburger, the rapper. Mm-hmm. And he took a bite of the hamburger and then he passed it to another pastor and that pastor took a bite and then they passed it to another person. This was all like a skit of some sort. Okay. And they're passing this hamburger around eating these men yep. were taking a bite and yep. they were like, basically girls don't have sex before you're married because do you want this burger? <laughs> so they turned the young women in the room to a piece of meat yeah. between L- bread? Literally. And they're like, do can you they want to not- be this? Look at how gross this looks. Can they is- hear themselves? I... I was, I couldn't not. I mean, this was, he, this guy is in his 40s. So this was when, you know, 20 years ago. But I'm like, no wonder we're all so jacked oh, up. Oh, we, we jacked are up. so <laughs> jacked up. Our 
theology and conversations around sex, sexuality, purity, virginity, when I tell you they are some of the most um, misogynistic, chauvinist, patriarchally warped, I think I just made up a word in patriarchally, <laughs> but I can't believe it rolled off so effortlessly. That's <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> it needs I, to be a word. They, they are the most pa- patriarchally warped views on the subject that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me, and I want you to go slower on how Embrace Grace came to be. Mm-hmm. But I, I find it incredibly problematic that if it's one in four and they don't have a voice of redemption... They don't have a narrative of redemption Mm -hmm. that they can even articulate Mm -hmm. without feeling like I have a scarlet letter on me and I have to go do it. You you know, if the pulpit's here, I have to stand down here under the smaller pulpit, Mm -hmm. you you know, lest my feminine body Mm -hmm. offend the saints, right? And men grow up and walk away because they can't hear from a woman, right? Right. A woman can't teach them. Um, I, 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 I just find it, incredibly um, disheartening that we would want said woman to stand up in front of the congregation to confess sin, Mm -hmm. but we won't let her back up to testify Mm -hmm. that she's been redeemed. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. The, the um, one, one of the most, uh, Egregious episodes in the Bible to me outside of Jesus's uh, crucifixion on the cross is um, the woman caught in adultery. And the fact that all these men bring her, mm-hmm. not him, mm. as if she was in there by herself. Because mm-hmm. if she was in there by herself, that's not adultery. That's masturbation mm-hmm. at best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think you can be stoned for that. right? Oh, they probably would have figured out a way to do that. Too. Right. But they were the voyeurs that caught her. So, yeah. But Jesus says, I, I, you don't have any accusers around here. I don't accuse you and go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. It's a message of redemption. Yeah. <laughs> and if if she doesn't get to give that side of the story, then the last thing we heard from her is that she's that that, that she was caught in sin. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to elaborate on, and this is what I think is happening. If we don't let those one and four mm-hmm. have a let the redeemed of the Lord say so moment, yeah, for sure, yeah. And the one and four, you know, the one and four are women that have had abortions. Like I feel like even that that. So many women, so they're in our pews. Like the abortion rate is in our church, same inside the church as it is outside. So one in four of our congregations have experienced the trauma of an abortion, but no one's talking about it. And they'll come, whenever I speak or share my story, I always have women come up to me afterwards and whisper. Yeah. I had one of those. Yeah. One time I was actually speaking at Gateway's Pink Impact, and it was when they did it really big at um, the the stadium. The stadium, yeah. yeah. And I was being interviewed, 
and I did my whole thing. And then I just, they were like, thank you so much, Amy, for being here. And I just felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to say one more. I was like, can I say one more thing? I said, there's 10,000 women in this arena. Mm-hmm. If there's 10,000 women, then that means at least 2,500 of you are sitting here and y'all have had an abortion. And I want you to know that Revelation 12, 11 says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Yes, we do. You are not disqualified. Correct. From ministry, from being a part, share your story. Yeah. God wants to use you. Yeah. You can be that person you wish you had right. in your life at that time. Who did you who did you need? You can be that for someone else. Yeah. God wants to use you. It was just something like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Well, afterwards, we had a booth. Afterwards, our booth was inundated mm-hmm. with women. Some would say talk about their abortion. Some were just you see the mascara, you know, and not saying. But one specifically, I remember she it, she had it was three women and the one in the middle they were like holding her up they all had matching t-shirts they were sisters and they were doing their fun girls mm-hmm. conference weekend mm-hmm. they were holding her up she could barely walk she they brought her to me and they said she really wanted to come talk to you and so she's trying to get her emotions together to even speak and i'll never forget she looked at me and she said you mean to tell me that god can use me oh jeez i can't take it it's like no one had ever told her. And how many women, I feel like there could be a revival. If we can help set people free, they would change the culture of our churches. Absolutely. It would activate so many people into ministry to feel like, because they just think, well, who am I? Yeah, absolutely. And it's something to struggle with for so long. Yeah. And so... I've, and it's not like we have to do whole sermons on abortion is wrong, but it is just to say that we're a safe place, yes. whether you have an unexpected pregnancy or you have experienced an abortion, like we want to minister to you. Yeah. We want to help you yeah. in this yeah. and not just spiritually, yeah. but like emotionally and practically. Yeah. We are the church. That's right. There's over 300,000 churches in America. If we were all doing our part, like we would make abortion unthinkable because of all the love that we have, all of the gifts that God put inside of us, not so that we have a better job, which is great, but it's to do the good works that he's called us to do. Absolutely correct. And so we can be the answer to to this issue. Absolutely. And but we just need, need to talk about it more. So many people don't want to talk about it because they say, well, it's political. Pastors, you know, specifically it's political. Well, it is, but it's a people issue. I like, think it was biblical before it was political. It's true. Right. The, it's not, it, the, the, <laughs> the politics is the, and it's, and you're not talking about, you're talking about how you can help. Absolutely correct. Which, what is wrong with that? There's zero wrong with that. So can you tell me how you went from, having this amazing moment in this pastor's church mm-hmm. when Justice 16 would, this actually would have been three years later mm-hmm. 
because you told us. So so yeah. how did how Embrace did Grace start? Okay, this like is how does it go from like this personal testimony to you to like this movement? On, yeah, this movement. So I we finally found a church that we really liked, and um, we and it was I mean we church hopped for or then we just would skip a year, you know, and then we try a different one. But we found one we really liked. We started going to Gateway, and it was when it was just one campus, teeny tiny, mm-hmm. um, and there was a women's conference and a pink impact actually. And it was back when Carrie Job was leading worship and Christine Kane. And it was so good. And I had, I've never had a vision before this and I've never had a vision after this, mm. but I had a vision during this, mm-hmm. during worship and Christine Kane was preaching and really prophesying over the church. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like snapshots in my mind that looked so real right in front of me. And it was snapshots of me um, years before with my unexpected pregnancy. And I looked really sad and depressed and, and all of that, which my son was 13 at the time. So this was, or he, I'm sorry, he was 10 when this happened. Mm-hmm. So this, I wasn't even something I really thought about that much anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that season 10 yeah. years before I'm yeah. married now, I already have a second kid. Yeah, like, absolutely. We've so moved it was on. right. We've moved on, so it was kind of weird. And then the snapshots changed to me throwing baby showers. And that year, all my friends had had a baby boom, and I love throwing parties. Yeah. And I had thrown thirteen baby showers for my girlfriends in that one year. Yeah. So I was like, "That's so weird that it changed to that." Yeah. And I was with one of my friends, Selena, and she was like, you know, I just kept hearing God say help moms and babies. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like that's what we're supposed to do something with this. So I went as I was leaving, I ran into the group's pastor and I just told her what I saw. And she's like, oh, you should just uh, start a small group for women with unexpected pregnancies. And the baby shower could be the hook to kind of get them in the door. But then Jesus will do the rest like they need stuff. And there, she just said it so casually. Who is this friend? It's Arnita Taylor. I don't know. If you yeah, know I know her. who Arnita is. Shout Arnita out to Pastor Arnita. Arnita. I know. Yeah, that's a gangster move. Totally. And there was something inside. It terrified me, mm-hmm. but it also was like that there's something there. So that was like in March and we were going to start a fall group. And so we didn't know what do we teach, you know, I don't, and, and we prayed about a name. We kind of liked Embrace Grace for our little group mm-hmm. is our little mm-hmm. it's like a small group at mm-hmm. a church, you yep. know. So I was like, we, we, we looked up curriculum, single and pregnant curriculum. There's no such thing as single and pregnant curriculum. Especially Christian. You yeah, know, exactly. And so. Because that could never happen no, in our church. No. <laughs> and so we're like, what do we even teach? And we randomly Googled Embrace Grace one day. And there was actually a book called Embrace Grace. We're like, that's weird. It's called Embrace Grace. And it was written by Liz Curtis Higgs. And so we ordered it. And it was about, it wasn't about being pregnant. But it mm-hmm. was just about God's grace and his love. And even just our our baggage that we're carrying around yeah. and all it was so simple yeah. but it was so powerful and so good i remember even had like letters to liz but liz i've been in jail you know how can god have grace for me so we're like we could just use this this yeah. could work <laughs> this is so good right and so we oh my god we kind of started telling people well one my cousin ended up getting pregnant so because we're like how do we find single and pregnant girls i don't know so my cousin ended up getting <laughs> pregnant so she came and then two other girls ended up coming. And so that first night I was so nervous. They all came into this room 
and they wouldn't make eye contact. Mm. Their shoulders were sagging. Mm. One was still thinking an abortion, but she was 19 and her mom just begged her, we please just go one time because her mom is the one who heard about this group. Just go one time. And if you don't like it, don't go. But like, just try it. Yeah. So they just had this hopelessness. One wore a coat in August in Texas because she was terrified of stepping foot into a church and anyone seeing that she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So we were, we, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I remember we, I would even read out of the book sometimes, which is really just don't do that. If you're ever leading a group, don't read, a book, <laughs> read out of the book. Um, chapter one. Chapter one. <laughs> yeah. You lose them. But I'm good at cheering people on, you know, yeah. you're going to be a great mom. Yeah. You can do this. And um, we tell them about Jesus. Well, all three get saved. Over, you know, it's 12 weeks. Yep. The, the baby shower happens like that. You can see by the end of it, they are empowered as women to be the mothers that God created them to be. Wow. And they made eye contact. Their shoulders were squared. Yeah. They were like, we can do this. Yeah. So, and then they all kind of got plugged into the church. Yeah. So then we were like, let's do it again. So we did it again. Three more girls came, then eight, then 14, then wow. 21. And wow. we kind of started writing our own curriculum, but still thinking this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our church. yeah, this is a small group. Right. And, <laughs> That's getting large. <laughs> but then Gateway started growing in campuses. Yep. So then the first, you know, satellite campus and someone was a little closer to that one. So they're like, I'll lead it there. Mm -hmm. And then another campus open, I'll lead it there. But then randomly people like one time a pastor called us and was like, hey, my niece went through the Gateway, blah, blah, blah. I'm a pastor at this church. Can I lead, can I ha start one here at this church that I'm at, that I'm a pastor of and, you know, have one of our leaders to lead it. And so, and at that point we kind of did, we're like, here's word documents. Yeah. yeah. It's totally a mess, but <laughs> right, like, right. sure. Yeah. You know? So we got up to about 10 or 12 groups and we're like, I think God's doing something here. He wants us to help people help people. And nothing exists like this. So, and back then we heard a lot. We still do a little bit today, but people are like, oh, this is rewarding sin. This is condoning bad behavior. That's what we hear that from pastors. Because the baby shower, one time a lady said, don't you think they deserve more gently used stuff because of the situation that I'm telling you? So, so should we give the the mother lightly soiled diapers for the new baby because the right. baby was born. Like what are, what the hell are you even saying when you make this statement? I do not know. <laughs> but I was like, have you ever read the prodigal son? <laughs> like he didn't do leftovers. It wasn't, he didn't say let's get the leftovers out from yesterday. Yeah. Let's go get that old baby goat that's on his last leg and slaughter that right. for this random kid that's finally decided this to come finally home. Finally getting his act together. <laughs> No, they were like, kill the fatted calf. That's right. We They put a robe on his back That's and a right. ring on his finger. That's and right. he said, you are home. That's we exactly are celebrating. Right. That's and right. we can be like that other brother. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not fair. Yeah, exactly. I've been your perfect child. Yeah, <laughs> haven't you? Except for all that little pettiness in your heart. Right. And we get to be a part of the celebrating, you know? And so anyways, that has gotten a little bit better. But when we first started, that was a big issue. So we, we, we started the nonprofit and we're like, let's do this. Okay. Okay. Take me slower though. I, I, I want to know prior to the getting to up to like 10 or 12 groups, mm -hmm. 
are you just con- at that point are you just like what isn't this sweet <laughs> like like are you just like kind of well, I'm on like a god high yep. all the time. Yep. I mean, I'm I'm seeing the desperation. But what's so crazy too at the same exact time I was I had front row seats to miracles mm. is what was mm. happening because mm. we would pray for well, I figured out the first semester I was a little bit I mean they all had an amazing time but I also was like became a little bit of a genie in a bottle type thing I'm like oh you need your electric bill paid or you're having boyfriend problems let me help you with that and yeah. I wasn't teaching them enough to go to God got you and then that didn't end up working out in my favor because <laughs> one day they all couldn't get a hold of me and right. they were freaking out <laughs> and I was like what did I do right I, and I figured out I what I became their source yes for sure so I started fixing that mm-hmm. and, and, and there were times when the Lord tells me to, to pay or whatever, but yep. I want to teach them how to go to God. And so, um, I was watching all of these miracles happen and I was like this, someone needs to write a book. Mm-hmm. Like this is insane. All of these stories. And so I started researching, like, how do you re- write a book? And what does that look like in traditional publishing versus publishing? This is a crazy God story. And I was watching YouTubes, you know, and I didn't go to college. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how to do any of this, but mm-hmm. I'm watching it. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'll do it. And so I wrote it. I wrote a bump in life and it's 20 stories of girls that chose life. So, but it's hard stories. It's mm-hmm. date rape, mm-hmm. preacher kid, mm-hmm. girls on drugs, baby daddy shot and killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's miracles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I researched, how do you find a literary agent? And then how do I get a publisher? Well, I ended up getting an offer from a big publisher. And what's so crazy, well, first of all, it ended up opening all of these doors at this, because it came out right when Embrace Grace became a nonprofit and it started, it opened all these doors. But what I didn't find out until four or five years later I was at an event speaking and there was a um, another speaker from that same publisher that was speaking before me. And she was telling all of these. It was a, a conference where they teach people how to write or speak or it's a digital evangelism. conference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's telling everybody how to be a publisher. She said, you need to have this many speaking uh, engagements per year paid. You need to have this many followers on social media. You need to have this, 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 this. And, and, and she literally was from the per the um the publisher that I was published with. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I love it. So later I pulled her aside and I was like, I was published with you guys. And, you know, I wasn't I didn't have any of those things. She's like, who what's your name? What was your book? What who was your um publisher or your editor? And I told her and she's like, oh I know. She said actually our editors get one book per year that they push aside all rules and whatever our guidelines are. And if they 100% wholeheartedly believe in the Holy spirit is leading them to publish it anyways, that is how your book got published. Checkmate. Right. Because it, it ended up because it was traditionally published with a big publisher, it ended up getting all opening all these doors for marketing. So at the time when this is starting, it's like God just we were on focus on the family and like all this stuff that we were in our garages, like yeah. trying to figure out we were printing our curriculum at Office Depot. 
Wow. And it was like $9 per book, which was an even, it was like paper in a spiral. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> One at a time. Um, wow. But God was opening doors. And um, so it, 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 there's so many stories. Yeah. And even with one other cool story about the when I ordered the nonprofit paperwork, when I felt like the Lord was telling us to do it, it was a lot. Like it was yeah. thick and yeah. bylaws and your yeah. board and yeah. stuff. It's like I just want to yeah. help people. Like yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And um, I all of a sudden kind of because I'm always like, this sounds fun. Yeah. We'll start a nonprofit <laughs> or whatever. And whenever I got it, I was like, this is kind of a big deal yeah like are you sure yeah. and i started just i said god i need a confirmation from you because i don't i don't want to just think it's fun and do it like if, are you actually calling me to this and it costs money to start a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. and my husband was like amy you're totally supposed to do this we'll pay for it do it and i said you know what i think that i want the money to fall from the sky because mm. I need that confirmation. I'll go ahead and if people want to ask me for the cricket, if churches reach out, I'll keep doing what God's called me to do. But this, I need that confirmation because I don't want to get five years down the road, 10 years down the road and think, did I hear God? Mm. I need to know. And so I said, I'm going to pray right now. And I'm going to pray that God's going to make the money for this nonprofit just show up. And so I called Selena, who started it with me, and I told her that. And she said, I'm in agreement, too. Well, the next morning, she went to a prayer meeting at the church. And this random lady walked up to her and said, Hi, um, this is going to sound really crazy, but are you going on a missions trip? And Selena's like, No, I'm, I'm not going on a missions trip. Um, she said, okay, well, I just heard the word mission. Are you, does that word mean something to you? And Selena's like, well, we're working on our mission statement because that was one of the first things you have to do. It's kind of hard to put your whole dream into one sentence. It's very true. So we were like trying to articulate it and, you know, and so have you heard of Embrace Grace? And she's like, no, I've, I've never heard of it. And so Selena told her all of it. And she said, okay, well, I heard the Lord clear, clearly say to fund your mission. How much do you need? And it was almost like, it was like 900 and something dollars, you know. She pulled out her checkbook, wrote a check for the whole thing. And I still have a copy of the check on the memo line. It is the scripture of um, how blessed are the feet that share the good news of the gospel. She wrote that on the memo line. The next day, the money fell from the sky. So we were like, okay, God, like, if this gets hard... If this gets crazy, you called us to this. Yeah, you did. And we you are, proved it. We are walking in the authority that you've given us to do this. And you're with us. This is your ministry. We just get to steward it. But it's his. And we are seeing so many miracles. It's unreal. Unreal. And so we were like, okay. Let's do this. And it's been like that ever since. Like the the his hand, he had he loves these moms. Yes, he does. So much. And what's so cool too is it's changing. What a pastor the other day was telling us from Connecticut, he's like, it actually has changed the culture of our church. How could it not? And he said, We didn't even allow single moms to dedicate their babies. 
at the baby dedication unless they had the man there. But the man, like, there was one specific one that was like, I mean, he was gone. So I I can't. I can't even. <laughs> but thank the Lord, Embrace Grace helped him have a different perspective. Yes, amen. Of like, oh. And I think it's more of like, maybe this is just the way we've, we've always done things and no one stopped to question is this just because you've done it a certain way? Is this the right way? Because I feel like that is contributing to the abortion rate. Absolutely like, correct. The shame. Oh, absolutely correct. The 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 hoops they have to jump through. Yeah. All of that. So embrace grace now. You know it's a it's a twelve week curriculum. You, it's digital and book, so you just press play. So anyone can lead a group. Yep. It's so we take we do the teachings for you. We have in its freedom. We're breaking generational patterns. Yes, you are. We are helping. I mean, the Lord is doing it, but the tools that we're giving is helping these. Even leaders are being set free, which is so cool. A lady, a leader, the other day told me that um, we have one specific night in Embrace Grace called Chains Night, and it's just it's a night where they're really letting stuff go and like they're they're so carrying around so much hurt and pain from their life, and so it's a night where they're ready to, to give it to the Lord. And so the leader said that she told her group she had never told anyone, not even her husband, and she'd been married for 40 years. She told her group of girls that she had had an abortion years mm. ago. Wow. In that class. Wow. Got total freedom. And so then she she said, out, now I need to go home and tell my husband. Then she turned around and started leading abortion healing groups at her church. And now she's helping set women free through that because of the, she went through it yep. and then she leads it. Yep. And it's just cool to see the domino and the trickle effect of how people's lives are affected in some way, whether yeah. it's church hurt or whether it's they've had an abortion or, or they lost their virginity and they weren't pure yeah, again in air quotes yep. both when they got married. Yep. It affects so many people and the healing that's happening that God is using through Embrace Grace is so cool that yep. he's healing people through the ministry. So we're in over 1,100 churches in all 50 states. We call it a pro-love movement. Beautiful. Pro-life is a stance. It's a belief system. Beautiful. It might be the way you vote, okay, yep. but pro-love is the action yep, because absolutely. it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. That's correct. And it's his goodness that draws us to his side. Absolutely. And we have an 86.7% salvation rate or rededication to the Lord rate wow. of the women that go through. And we have embraced legacy for the dads too. Um, Great. I'm so grateful to hear that. Yes. It's pretty Because amazing. a lot of times it's the men who put pressure on the women mm -hmm. to have these abortions. Mm -hmm. And so. But women have pushed men out of the movement, I think, for a long time. I don't I don't think intentionally. You yeah. know, when you look at the other side, they're like, my body, my choice. Yeah. And keep, you know, all of that. And they sound like that, too. Right. And so. <laughs> my body, my choice. <laughs> when, when, when you look at the top reasons why women have abortion, men are, that's in one of the top five. Like, yeah. whether they got pressure, like what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Or um, if there were. I've heard women say, like, even if I would could have co-parented, like, we're not romantically together anymore, yeah. but if I could have co-parented, yeah. then I would have said I wouldn't have had my abortion. Right. Men have a voice. Yeah. And 
we need, I feel like we maybe more women need to empower the men to yep. be able to use it because yep. their voice is so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even just their presence, like we've seen some of the groups like have, they have this one night where it's like a night about their identity and their value and all of that and the, uh, being royalty and, uh, and men, we didn't even start this. It was a, some random church that started it, but then it became a thing where they got men little boys to older men Mm -hmm. and they wear suits and ties and they have these signs and each sign says like chosen beloved priceless Mm. all this and these girls walk in Mm. with these men holding Mm. these signs young boys very redemptive and it's so powerful like there's Mm. sometimes they get these photographers getting their faces when they see it it's so powerful because they a lot of them have never seen yeah absolutely what even yeah that absolutely looks like. they haven't even been affirmed right yeah and especially by a man that's right and so um, there was one time a girl said um, she at this event a pastor always serves the girls which is so sweet he he makes their meals and like serves it along with the women leaders mm-hmm. just at that event mm-hmm. he wants to be there. And a girl, an Embrace Grace girl got up and said, I don't want to, this to sound weird, but I want to find, or I want a man to find me that is like him. And she said, I've never seen a man pray for women before. And this girl was deaf in one ear because she had been beaten by a man and had never witnessed anything like that. And it gave her a different perspective and view of like who do yeah i want yeah and there are good men out there yeah but they've settled you know and because of their identity all of a lot of our teachings are about their identity in christ because a lot of them struggle whether they've gone to church their whole life Mm -hmm. or they haven't Mm -hmm. it seems to be the core issue of like worth and value yeah. and that they were created for a purpose and God loves them so much. Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty amazing, miraculous movement and organization. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty awesome to see like even the church, the church is starting to change. And one other church, the not too long ago came up to me, a pastor that said he's in Monroe, Louisiana and he said that um, years, he said when they announced Embrace Grace, they announced it, they were really excited about it. They've had it for about five years. And mm-hmm. he said that afterwards, it, at the church service, they announced it. Afterwards, one of his pastors came up to him and said, did you see so-and-so got up and walked out? Very obviously, mm-hmm. when you announced this, mm-hmm. and he said, and he said it just dawned on him. He's like, I know why she did. Mm. He said years ago, her daughter had an unplanned pregnancy here. Mm. And he said, we all as pastors, he said, I remember we were sitting in the in the back room and we're all talking about how are we going to handle this situation? Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, we need, she needs to get out of youth group and she needs to just leave for nine months. She can come back after, but she needs to not be a part of the church anymore and all this stuff. And he said, I remember in my heart, like, I remember feeling like this seems wrong. Yeah. But he said it was just what we always did. Yeah. And so that woman, it was her daughter. And so he said, I called her into my office and her daughter and I asked for forgiveness. Mm. 
and said that we did not know what we were doing mm. and we thought we did. So sweet. But we didn't know. And will you please forgive us? And now that lady is like apart and like leads. I love it. Right. And like, I, I, I just want to like everyone that's listening. I just want to empower people. Like we all have a story. We all have a voice and when the Holy Spirit, if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, like we can help save lives. Yeah, like our words correct. are powerful. You never know yeah. who you might be talking to. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if you're young. It doesn't matter if you're old. We had a leader the other day that said that she had a co-leader that wanted to co-lead with her. And she said she was, she was really old. Mm. And she had a walker. Mm-hmm. And she was like, know if these girls are gonna connect she was just really old and she felt a little convicted about two and she prayed about it and she was like she felt like god said no she's leading with you yeah so she led and she said by the end of that 12 weeks one of the moms had already had her baby um towards the end of it and she named her baby after the old leader oh because they had such a connection oh my gosh and then we had on the other side of it, a little nine-year-old one time, she was the, um, the daughter of an Embrace Grace leader, and they were babysitting one of the babies, and the girl had Ubered to um, the house to drop the baby off, and then was Ubering to work. Mm-hmm. And the little nine-year-old was like, Mom, why is she doing it that way? What is she? She's like, baby, cars are expensive. She's mm-hmm. trying to save her money for a car, so she has to use the Uber. And she said, well, can't we buy her one? And she was like, we don't have the money to buy her car. And she said, well, is there something we can do? Can we help raise money? I could sell cupcakes. And she's like, well, if you want to, we can try. So that little nine-year-old started selling cupcakes. And people would hear about it. They're like, a dozen cupcakes, here's 500 bucks. Because she was like (laughs) so cute. I mean, when they figure out what she's raising money for. And this little girl. Bought this Embrace Grace mom, a Ford Explorer. Then people started hearing about it. And they're like, someone's like, I own the mechanic shop. I'll Her oil changes are covered for the next five years. People started throwing in gas cards. They People are like, I'll cover her car insurance for the next three years. <laughs> and there's a video. They all met at the church parking lot. And there is a video of this little nine-year-old. Handing the keys. Oh my! I can't deal with this. To this mom. No way. I mean, I'd have bawled my eyes out. The faith. I can't deal with it now. How? If this nine-year-old, like, what? And and it was her obedience to the Lord. Uh, it did. It was her time. I mean, God came through. Yes, He did. He wants His glory. Yep, absolutely. To be shown, and but we have to obey His voice. Yeah. And the faith of that little nine-year-old. Yeah. Like yeah. We all have something to give. Absolutely correct. He put inside of us. Yeah. And we can make abortion unthinkable through the church because of his love. And I've seen it. People are like, oh, I'm an attorney. I can help with a custody case. Oh, I'm an HR executive. I can help her write a resume to get a job. Like, wow. dude, that's the beauty. Yeah, that's the community. That, that's the community the coming together. The beauty of the yeah. church. Yeah, absolutely correct. Powerful. At its finest. Yes. Yeah, at its finest. At his finest. And so if we all know the resources that are out there and we have to know too, and we have to like not be too busy to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us. Um, and our words are powerful. 
Okay, one other story. This one's crazy. This, I can listen to these all day. I have Please so many of them. It's unreal. Girl. So this one girl, she had an unplanned pregnancy. She was raised by her dad, but she um, never had her. Her mom left when she was two weeks old. So she was, she told her dad she was pregnant. He was furious. And he said, you're going to be a horrible mom. Baby dad was in jail. He said, you can place for adoption or you can parent. I'm sorry, you can place for adoption or have an abortion, but you cannot parent. And she... Thanks, Dad. Right? She went to the abortion clinic, but people were praying outside, and so she kept driving. Then she met with an adoptive family, and she just said there wasn't a connection with that, that she with the specific family she had met with. But she was she didn't know what to do. And so she worked at a UPS store, shipping store, and she was going into work, and she was like, God... If you can hear me, can you bring someone to the counter today that has a box with a label with the word church on it? Because then maybe I'll know. I'll ask them for help because I don't know who to call. I don't know what to do. So she goes into work her shift and here comes a guy and he's got a box with the word church on it. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my gosh, do you work at a church? And he's like, no, he said, I make websites for churches. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> close. <laughs> yeah. You're close, though. And he's like, well, I go to church. And she's like, you do? And then that was it. She started oh crying and like told him everything. I'm pregnant. My dad said it'll be a horrible mom, all this stuff. And he was like, he, I know this guy. He's the dad of four boys. Yep. And he was just like, I'm just trying to shove a package right now. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Um, but he uh, said some encouraging words to her. He's like, let me get your info. I'll have my wife call you. I'm sure that there's something, you know, well, it's going to be okay. Yeah. So she got plugged into an Embrace Grace group and she was sitting next to me. And I'll never forget what she said. She was telling, she was our third class, so she was new. And the Mm -hmm. other, it had already been two weeks that have happened before she got there. So she was telling all the moms her story Mm -hmm. and of how the UPS story. Mm -hmm. And so she said, that man at the UPS store, or she said, my dad said he thinks I'll be a horrible mom, but that guy at the UPS store said he thought I would be a good mom. And she kind of just said it like under her breath, like, Everybody, all the girls were chatty, like, and I'm thinking, what did she just say? A perfect stranger that she most likely would never meet again. Absolutely correct. Had more weight in his voice. Said something that somebody in the world. That's right. Proof positive. It doesn't have to be somebody close. That I could be a good mom. That's right. Then maybe I could be a good mom. And he probably didn't think twice about yeah. what he said. Yeah, well, absolutely. Be good mom. Yeah. And that was all she had to hold on to, that a stranger. And there's people like that all the time. I hear girls say all the time, I scheduled the abortion and I told God, if you don't want me to do this, then you better give me a sign because I physically can't see how I can give birth and have this baby. Mm-hmm. I can't afford this baby. I can't do it. So you better give me a sign. I have I have heard this. I can't tell you. It, I speak all over. I hear the same story. I was asking God to give me a sign all the time. We are the sign. Mm. 
And he's bringing his people all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. And we may not even know that, right. the, you know, that there's one time I met a girl at Sonic and she, I hardly ever go to Sonic because I don't ever have cash. So at the time you could only pay by, you could pay with credit card, but you can't tip. And I've had Embrace Grace girls work at Sonic and they're like, you're supposed to tip, but I never have cash. So back then you just can't, you ha if you had, if you had one to tip, you have to have cash because yeah. they don't have tip lines. They have changed that now, but at the time. So this girl she cut. I thought I had. I was happy hour, you know, two to fours, half price slushies here in Texas. So I had all the kids in the car. I'm digging in my purse to pay, and I'm like, I don't have cash. Mm -hmm. I only have my credit card. Mm -hmm. So I swipe the card. The girl comes out. I said, I am so sorry. I do not have cash to tip you, but I'll go to the ATM machine and I'll go get some cash and I'll come back and bring it back to you. And she's like, No, you don't have to do that. But if you want to, you can. I was like, Yes, I will go. <laughs> so I go and I, I come this. back and so I was like so what's your name and she said my name's Zoe and mm -hmm. I said I love that name I said my little boy at the time my youngest was one I said his name's Judah but before I knew he was a boy I had picked Zoe as the girl name and did you know that your ma name means life that's what it means but not like just living life like it is a heavenly realm of life. Like, and I started saying all these scriptures where it translates. I was like, you have a really, it's like heaven on earth. It's a cool name. Did you know that? And she's like literally holding. <laughs> she's like, no. <laughs> so she said, so you have a baby? And I was like, yeah, he's one. So he's kind of a bigger baby. She's like, well, me and my, my boyfriend just found out we're pregnant and we're really scared. Do you have any advice for us? I'm like. Got something better than advice, girl. God, <laughs> you are too good. Oh, it's so good. And this girl, she went through Embrace Grace. She ended up having a boy, so she got all my boys' hand-me-downs. <laughs> I was at her wedding. I was at her birth. Mm. Her husband worked for my husband for a while. He's in our Embrace Legacy curriculum because now he's, like, trying to be a pastor, and he has a powerful story. Like, I get to do life with this girl named Zoe that is so amazing. And if I hadn't asked her her name... Like, I would have missed out. Yeah, for sure. On so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it's like planting seeds Yeah. with the moms, you yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely like correct. You see transformation happen, and then sometimes it's like, I hope something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Is sticking, yeah. you know? And so we get to see both sides of that. I remember one time I was like, this girl, she, she had a hood all over and she just would never talk or ever, you know. And so I was like, I don't even think she wants to be here. And But one day I had dropped something on the floor. I picked and I happened to kind of glance up and I could see it tears, you know. And, and I was like, oh, okay. So she does, something is affecting her. We ended up, you know, starting a conversation. It just took a little longer. But, like, it's, it's amazing to see even a different processes of, like, change. Yeah to see it happen the seeds yeah, you know we sure. as god's people are planting seeds that's right into hearts yeah. and some take longer maybe to bloom but if we're all doing that it really creates a huge change 
um, I, one time we had a girl that was believed in witchcraft mm-hmm. and she was into Wiccan and she's like, Hey, I'm going to come to your group, but just so you know, I'm into witchcraft and I, but I really need the baby shower stuff. So is that a problem? <laughs> I was like, no, it's oh, fine. That's really just hilarious. Yeah. State your intentions, will you? Right. She wanted to make sure. So right. I, I, she didn't have a car, so I pick her up every week mm-hmm. and she's really smart. Her parents had given her all the books of religion when she was young mm-hmm. and they were like, believe what you want to believe. And there was mm-hmm. something about nature and witchy stuff that felt like truth to her yep. that was not truth. And so she would come every week. Mm-hmm. She never missed a class. And mm-hmm. we got this extra time in the car because I was driving her. And I remember one time she said, I like the way it makes me feel when I mm. come to this group, to this church. Mm. And I was like, God, you're keep doing going. something. Yeah, you're doing going. something. Yeah. And I just was believing for a salvation. I just was so excited. I was thanking God for it. It's going to happen. Yeah. So she does the whole thing, the baby shower, all of that. And the semester ends and she did not. And was kind of offended mm. like not to her but yeah. like me and god yeah I'm for like, sure you know week seven yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Supposed <laughs> to happen. what are we missing right right yeah. right um and i heard the lord say you're planting seeds yeah. do you think a girl that is into witchcraft would have ever felt safe coming to a church if you hadn't created a safe place for her right. so let my people keep watering our seeds it's good watering her and so i lost track with her her phone number had changed and um, so one day good. she started calling. It was a year later. She called me. And it was, uh, did you know people can call you on Facebook? Yes. My computer started ringing. Yeah, somebody. Yes, yes. I was a, like, a, a few, what? A few have tried. Is happening. Yeah. So I answer it. And she's like, Amy, I have been trying to get a hold of you. You will never believe what has happened. And I'm like, what? I haven't even talked to you in like a year. And she said, well, she is the manager of a restaurant slash gas station and so she said i just kept the like thing little things keep happening and Mm -hmm. i keep thinking god is that you Mm -hmm. and one day she was going into work her shift and she was like god i don't want to think you're real i want to know you're real so if you could do if this is you that you're trying to talk to me and do these things like i want you to do something bigger because i want to know so she goes into work her shift as she's working this random guy walks in and he said, he, she said he seemed nervous. And she said he walked up to the counter and he said, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I was driving past this restaurant and I felt like the Lord told me to turn around and come back and to tell the girl at the counter, he loves you and he sees you and all he wants is your heart. And she was like, what? And so she goes straight home. And she gets her curriculum, Embrace Grace curriculum from the year before. And there's a little salvation prayer in there. She said she went in the bathroom. She said, I wanted to look in the mirror because I wanted it to be a moment that I didn't think I surrendered my life to the Lord. I wanted to be sealed into my memory that I am surrendering my life to the Lord. And she prayed the salvation prayer. She called me. She's like, Amy, you'll never believe, you know, and she's she doesn't even know the backstory. That one I took personal because there are girls that walk out. Yeah, for and sure. I really felt like he let me see that one to give me the confidence to know that, like, just keep doing what God's called you to do. Right. Like, and we if we're all doing that. But he reminded me, like, she liked the way we made her feel. Because it's love. It's love that changes people. That's correct. And I was thinking about that guy. She said he seemed nervous. Yeah. So he probably walked away thinking, I'm such a dork. 
God. Why do you make me do these things? Why do you make me do this? It's so embarrassing and all that. He had no idea that she went straight home and surrendered her life to Jesus. He just, God just needed somebody to be obedient. Yes. So, so, so these stories, Amy, are like I'm telling you, there's millions. They're wearing me out. Front row seats to miracles. They are wearing me out in the best way possible. And what, what's one more thing is what's so crazy is that it wasn't just him. Yeah. The guy at the counter. Right. It was a movement of people. Like, I can just imagine someday in heaven, you know, Jesus is, like, talking to that guy. He's like, hey, remember that girl I told you to talk to? That part. Well, here's her kids and her grandkids and her great-grandkids. Right. And it was And it was the people that bought baby shower items. Yep. It was the love that she got from the church. Yeah. It was random people doing nice things. It was, it was a movement of people yep. allowing the Holy Spirit to speak and move through them. Yep. All put together. Yep. That finally inspired her to do it. He just was the last one. So, so um, I could spend so much time off of what you just shared talking about seed time, irrigation, and harvest. Mm. Because we're always talking about God is the Lord of the harvest and He's he just needs workers. And the church is so fixated on the harvest mm-hmm. that they forget about seed time and irrigation. Mm. They're just always ready to pluck. Mm-hmm. Right. Ready to get saved. Ready to get saved. You about to go to hell. You ready to get saved. You go ready. Right. And it's like it's seed time, irrigation and harvest. Right. And he's the Lord of the harvest. So it's his harvest. He gets to say when it's time to bring it in. Not right. us. Right. So so two people come to mind. Mm-hmm. The second one might be messy. I'm going to bury that one and make it go second. OK. okay. Because I don't even know if you've ever considered it and it could be way off and you could be like, Tim, don't ever bring that up again. That's kind of okay. stupid. <laughs> but. I have a biblical worldview. And so for everything in my life, I'm looking for biblical precedent for all of it, right? And, and and I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I'm, I'm like, there's nothing new under the sun. It's in the Bible. So let's keep, keep it moving. First observation I want to make based on the stories that you just shared that are just miraculous in nature, right? Front row seats to miracles. The, 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 the first observation I want to make is that these young women are making these seemingly aimless prayers to God. Mm-hmm. Like it's a shotgun blast. Totally. Up in the air. They're skeet shooting with nothing to hit, right? They're just like, if you're up there. If you can hear me. <laughs> if you can hear me, right? Then they're pulling the trigger. And then um, miracle after miracle after miracle, confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. It's It's the only other scenario that comes close to what you're sharing that I hear all the time mm-hmm. is from um, stories in Asia and the Middle East mm-hmm. with Muslims giving their life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact thing, except they're having visitations from Isa, Jesus, Isa in their, their tongue. And then they run into people that have been praying for them. And and they wind up like walking in a cafe, like I'm supposed to come here and get coffee, and but I don't know why I came today. And they're like, ask the, the cashier's like, 
because you can't proselytize right. the Christian faith in, in, in Muslim countries. So they're asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do I say anything? And he's like, yeah, you, you, could t- you could say it to him because Jesus already came to this guy or this girl. And then he's like, you want coffee? Have you seen Isa? And they're like. <gasps> the confirmation. And then they're like, I've been praying for you. Right. So it's amazing. Right. So here's my biblical mm-hmm. precedent for this. Uh, and this hopefully this is encouraging for some men that need to like be that voice of affirmation, be that voice of change around our sisters. Uh, so the first one is Ananias from Acts chapter number nine. Mm-hmm. This is a one and done guy. Yeah. Right. This is not at, this is not Acts five with the Ananias and Sapphira that they both die for lying to Peter's face about an offering, which don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds scary. But this Ananias is a one and done. He's hanging out in his house. Paul gives his life to Jesus after the road uh, of uh, Damascus experience. And Jesus says to Ananias, I need you to go to Judas's house on Straight Street. There's a guy named Paul there. He's been praying and I need you to lay hands on him and tell him what I've called him to do. Mm-hmm. Seemed like the most dangerous thing in the world. Right. And he goes to do it. You never hear about Ananias again. He doesn't come. He doesn't become Paul's homeboy. They don't start doing missionary work together. They he God just needed one person to be obedient, mm. and it could be the catalyst for the next person's life. Totally, like you said, generations so can wind up being blessed by it, right? Totally. So here's the second one. This might be messy. It might be a stretch. You might say, Tim, you're in your fields and you're trying to identify with Amy in a way that is unscriptural. <laughs> I'm just throwing out all these disclaimers before I put it out there. But here it goes. I'll take it. So there's a teenage girl that's minor, minor, minding her own business in scripture, mm-hmm. right? And there's a young guy in the community that has his eye on her. It just so happens God has his eye on her first. Mm, okay. And so what happened was. What happened was. God got that girl pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> See what happened. What had happened was she was a teenage girl that wound up getting pregnant by God. And then an angel had to go talk to her fiance Mm -hmm. and say, don't abort this assignment. Mm -hmm. Because he would have been within his legal right. Yeah. Based on Jewish law. To do so. Mm -hmm. If he was angry, he could stone her. Mm-hmm. And the whole community would show up and say, man, if he was kind, he could put her her way quietly. Mm-hmm. Have her leave the youth group for nine months. Right. <laughs> Go to live with an aunt. Go live with quotes. an aunt and come back with a cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And he decides to do something that is more elevated than both of those things that he has the legal right to do. Mm-hmm. And um, that's all we're asking the church to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's to come around our sisters when I, you said something so beautiful very early in our conversation, which was you and your hubby did not plan mm. the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But God planned the baby. Yeah. The baby. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a new nuance of revelation around Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. We think we do it. 
But as we said, babies are miracles. Totally. I mean, when you even, yeah, like you were saying, all the science, it's all, I know a girl once who's, she, she, she is a pro-life atheist and she's out <laughs> in San Francisco okay. and she asked me to speak at Berkeley and she was like, I'm going to have pro-life speakers all day. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I talk about the church and God and stuff like, is that going to be a problem? You know, since you're an atheist, she's like, no. If you could, she said, I don't believe in your God, but I believe in the power of your people. And if you could get your people to actually do something, this issue wouldn't be an issue anymore. Oh. Not the atheist calling the church out. <laughs> that would wait. But she all goes always goes back to the science. Like, this is science. This it is, is a life. It is a, it's a life. And it's miraculous. Right. And there's. She just has to go one step further and realize that it comes from the Lord. It it does. It's not just a miracle that's happening by happenstance. Mm -hmm. It's it's a bona fide miracle that's mm -hmm. happening because of the sovereign will of God. Mm. That part. Totally. I just need to let this marinate for a minute, <laughs> my sister, because you've thrown so much at me. It's I amazing. I um. You have no idea how much I needed to hear the story about God paying for that thing in full for mm -hmm. you to know, like, as confirmation, I need you to pay for it because I'm in that season right now, mm -hmm. except I don't need $900. I need five mil. Ooh. <laughs> and the same God. Mm-hmm. That has somebody open up a check for nine hundred totally. is the same God that can open up somebody's checking account, mm -hmm. bank check. What am I trying to say? A check uh, for five million. Totally. And I'm. Um, I needed to hear that. I didn't even know I needed to hear that. Yeah. And I absolutely needed to hear that because I do believe God, and I need that type of sign. Mm -hmm. I just do. I just He'll do. do it. And he will. Yeah. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? He will do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So what what is on your heart nowadays? Like what is what is like tickling your fancy, musing? Um, what are you thinking about? What grinds your gear? What what what's what what's going on with you? I it's really the the God stories, like whenever uh, someone was asking me the other day, how do you hear God's voice? Which there's lots of ways that we all hear his voice through dreams and scripture and, you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, or how do you feel his presence? Maybe that was the way. How do you feel his presence the most? And she had made this sheet of all the ways, like walks in nature and, mm -hmm. you know, all of this stuff. One guy on our staff said holding a baby, which I thought that was so sweet. But mine is like, I feel like I get goosebumps and God bumps, like hearing God's story. Yeah, me too. And I, the, the world is so, everyone's having an identity crisis and they're so heavy hearted right now. And we as the church can get in our bubble of going to church every week doing our thing, going to work, you know, yeah. during the week, going yeah. back to church. But like, if we could get uncomfortable 
and get comfortable with getting uncomfortable yeah. in allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. Yeah. I believe that we really can change the world. Absolutely correct. With God's love. Absolutely correct. And I my word for the year next my word for the year this year has been grow. Next year it's spark. And I just I feel like so many people discount themselves. Like even as we're talking to leaders around the nation, potential leaders, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, well, these girls are going to think I'm a nerd or I've never been a teacher before. I'm not a pastor." I don't have a certification of, you know, all the enemy lies to us because he doesn't want us to, to say something to someone and let that be something that is a word from God that they needed to hear that brings healing, that brings life, that is a sign to choose life, you know, whatever it might be. But I've heard some embrace grace girls that I was about to kill myself. (sighs) And then someone came up to me or I was about to kill myself and I got pregnant. Mm. Or I'll hear from moms of these girls who are like, I was desperately praying for my daughters, for her to to turn to the Lord. Yeah. Then she gets pregnant. Yeah. But guess what? She's turned to the Lord. That's right. That's exactly right. And God, he, sometimes when he wants to woo his daughter or his son back to his heart, he might just give him a baby to do it. He might give them the sweetest face that they've ever laid eyes on so that maybe they can get a tiny glimpse of how much God must love them. And I think we get in this stuck of being in this rut of like trying to fix people and trying to to help them make better choices when God is so much bigger than all of that. And if we can just be obedient and not question what the outcome is, like just like so that lady that gave us the money for that seed money story, I still had a copy of her check. But I, you know, had she's on Facebook, but she's one of those that never is on it. Like she has a page. So Mm -hmm. I had messaged her several times. It didn't have um, it had an address, but she had moved. And so I didn't know. Well, one day she randomly did get my Facebook message and it was like she had been on staff at the church for a while and it was like a couple days before our next upcoming baby shower I was like I don't think you even know I need to tell you Mm. what you don't even know that your obedience what that started and can you come to this baby shower that's coming up and it was a big one that was you know church some churches have little ones this one this is gateway so because it started there they have pretty big baby showers so just come and so she's starts weeping at this baby shower. She said, I never was able to have kids, but someone prophesied over me and told me I would be a mother to many. Girl, And I questioned my whole life. And seeing this, she's like, unreal. And she said, I just, she said, I remember that day I gave the track. Like, I just really felt very strongly that the Lord, she said she had just gotten some money that I'd come in from like taxes or something. And she just said, God, that morning she said, God, show me what I'm, where you want me to give this. And when she saw Selena, she was like, this is who it is. And it started a a movement. And she didn't know until years later what her obedience meant, the significance. Mm -hmm. And how many of those moments where God's calling us to do something like that and we're just like, Mm -hmm. oh, 
you know, that's probably just me. Well, we're not that nice. (laughs) 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 And it wasn't the devil. I bet you it's not. He's never going to tell you to do nothing good. No. So we overcomplicate (sighs) it. We overcomplicate. And it's like, just keep it simple and just love people. And I don't know. I, I feel like we're coming into the last days and let's make heaven crowded. Let's do the radical, crazy, embarrassing, awkward things that... You never know what's going to, you know, like a nine-year-old trying to buy a car for a mom. Like, what? Yeah, let's just do it. Let's do it. I, I, um, This makes me so happy because it's so in tune and in line with our, our company and our philosophy. So Upset the World is our movement. And yeah, tell me. Well, can you say what you're raising money for? Like, yeah. So, I feel like so, people who, somebody might be listening and be like, that's me. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we launched an app called B-Side. Mm-hmm. And basically... Um, God gave us this uh, pod uh, to create a safe space for people to give us the gift of their vulnerability. Mm. Um, a little over a year later, he gave us um, the opportunity to create a platform where people could give us um, the gift of their vulnerability. So it goes from a safe space to a safe place. So this is an app where we're aggregating voices of vulnerability um, so that we can give people a safe space to grow, learn, develop, um, be seen, heard, known, and still loved right where they are mm. without judgment. Doesn't mean we agree with you, but people need to be seen, heard, known, and still loved. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people being seen, heard, seen, heard, known, but they're not loved Yeah, as a result of it. We need the combo package. We need the combo package because people are showing up um, as lesser versions of themselves mm-hmm. to protect themselves, to keep themselves safe. Because they're like, if I show up as all of me, it might be too much. It might be too much for you and you're going to reject me. And so instead of that, let me give you what I think you'll accept. Mm. And I will take that because I would rather live with that than the pain of coming as my full self mm-hmm. and being rejected entirely. Mm-hmm. And we're going. No, we love you right where you are. We may not agree with you right where you are, but I bet you we love the hell out of you because mm-hmm. <laughs> we we just love people, right? So so, so for Upset the World, our tagline is very, very simple, to literally turn the world upside down with the message, love, and hope of Jesus Christ. Mm. And then with this particular platform, uh, which I did not know he was going to give us something this big to scale, but our mission is you're, 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 it's the same verb, it's just different words. Um, but the Lord gave me uh, a word. He told me to go to uh, Matthew 22 and Luke 14. And in those two narratives are the story of the wedding feast. Mm-hmm. And after the um, initial inv- invitees are uh, reject the, the um, invitation, the uh, wedding planner just goes, just go get everybody else. <laughs> like it is like the most in layman terms, like it's the most resigned kind of like, flippant like you know what invite everybody mm-hmm. hell i don't care good bad <laughs> poor lame broke busted disgusted just go get everybody right country lanes bushes 
go find me. Go on a search committee. Go look under the freeway underpass. And you know where all those blue tarps are? <laughs> Downtown Dallas. Go get all of them, too. Gather right? everybody. Go get everybody, right? Yeah. And so um, I told, I sent the text message to the team, and I said, we're, at, we're going after highways, byways, bushes, and shrubs. Mm. Like, everybody that's already in the church, they're safe. Yeah. Not not forget them, but they're already safe. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody that's at Gateway, yay. Everybody's at Potter's House, yay. Mm-hmm. Everybody's at Prestonwood, yay. Everybody's at freaking Antioch. I don't know what the name of your church is. Church <laughs> of God in Christ, Church of God, Church of God Prophecy, freaking seven-day event. I don't care. You're already in. Yay, you. Let's go, let's go shake the tree and get these girls mm-hmm. who are contemplating suicide out the bushes yes. from hiding. And it's going to take us, you know, our people, because they're, they may not know to how, they don't even know how to look for you. That's it. We got to go to them. The, but all of these listeners and, uh, you know, they, we can charge and rally people. That's right. To be, I, I feel like we're God's rescue we team. We are. And you know, savior means rescuer. That's exactly right. And so we're God's search and rescue team. So we search yep, and that's we right. help bring them to the rescue. That's absolutely rescuer. correct. That's exactly right. And we all knowing about all of these resources yeah. is huge because yeah. we're not, you know, sometimes you get overwhelmed. Oh, the need. They yeah. have so many things that they need, but like yeah. there's resources. That's absolutely people, correct. That's right. Just like the little girl. That's you know? exactly right. And he's going to, he, I'm believing this is going to happen. Well, th- I, what I, what I love about embrace grace is that, um, God had a need to reach people and he knew it was not going to happen through the brick and mortar church. Mm-hmm. So he birthed something in the church mm-hmm. that would go out and go get them and go get them. It's just a beautiful, ah, inspirational narrative. And I'm, I'm just, my heart is just, Oh, it's just so ooey gooey right now mm. because I love to hear the redemption stories of people that thought I'm an outcast. Yes. And the Holy spirit swoops in with a search committee like your organization and goes, no, you're not <laughs> like we're about to throw you a baby shower. And you're like, what? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 weeks from now, you're having a baby shower. Yeah. But my parents won't even talk to me. Right. Don't even need them to. You're still getting a baby shower. Mm-hmm. Right. And to all of those people that think a baby shower of a miracle, like a baby is condoning sin. Please kick rocks with no shoes on. <laughs> And no socks. With love, <laughs> Timothy Charles Ross, my full go- my full government name. I just I, I I don't like Pharisees. They make me itch. I have a problem judging judgmental people, and <laughs> I have to ask for forgiveness all the time. I listen it's so hard. I I understand it. I I just that spirit is so counterintuitive to the Jesus they preach about. Mm -hmm. One of my pet peeves is a church that says, come as you are. And then when they do, they're like, "Uh, not that way, not, not all the way. Like you are Mm -hmm. like, please change that skirt. Yeah. Here, we have an outfit for you to wear. It's left over from our baptismal two weeks ago, but please put this on because you're bothering us now. Like, like, yeah. And if, that's what they, they, and when I invite girls to come, I'm looking for girls all the time and I actually find them. I know I have thought people were pregnant and they weren't. And that was extremely <laughs> awkward. That's a trial and error thing. <laughs> yes. 
And but I <laughs> I'm inviting people all the time and they're always like, wait, what? Um, you want me like, you know, I'm not married like you want me. Uh-huh. One time and a girl was like, well, I need to stop smoking cigarettes. Can you give me one more week? No, it's baby. like they yeah, they, yeah, they think they got to drop something to. Yeah, yeah. they got to be perfect. Yeah. But how did they how did they come to think that the church? Us. Yeah. Yeah. We screwed it up. We told we made them think we had to be perfect yeah. to go to church. As for perfect people. Meanwhile, this is why we're so called hypocrites. That's right. Because because we're actually preaching something that's not even the Bible. Yeah. I always say, Amy, if we were just as honest as the Bible that we read, yeah. we'd all be OK. Yeah. The Bible has no business airing out everybody's dirty laundry. <laughs> Like zero chill. The chroniclers of the Bible have zero chill. Totally. When I tell you zero, I mean, think about it. God gives Moses the first five books of the Bible. Chapter three is y'all screwed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he doesn't even like edit it. <laughs> like Adam and Eve had a little fall. Yeah. But then the Lord put them back together again. He's like, they completely <laughs> screwed up and he had to get kicked out the whole garden. Right. Like wh- what? So I have this great story talking mm-hmm. about this. So so at my church when, that I used to pastor, mm-hmm. not now, uh, but when I was the lead pastor of Embassy City, we had a uh, marriage conference that we were doing. And um, uh, this, uh, and, and so after the service, I'm in Guest Central, I'm hugging everybody, and this young lady comes up with her friend, and she's like, hey, this is our first time here, great message, we really loved it. But I had a question about your marriage conference. I was like, okay. She was like, this is my wife. So can we come to the marriage conference? And I said, yeah, why, why not? And she goes, we can? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, I just thought maybe you weren't going to let us come because this is my wife. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you want to come to the marriage conference so you can understand what God says about marriage yeah. and so that you can have and hear a, the gospel and, and, and you want a, you want to know what the Bible says about marriage so you can have a better biblical marriage. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I was like, Oh, for sure. You need to come. <laughs> <laughs> I think that even went right over her head, yeah, but it was like, it. why would I choose this moment mm-hmm. to talk about your marriage? Right. <laughs> welcome line mm-hmm. this is not a theological discussion if you want to come to the marriage conference come to the marriage conference you're gonna learn something you're gonna learn some things about marriage right point blank period right mm-hmm. so it, it's that's come as you are mm-hmm. that's where are you right now come through mm-hmm. not please go wash yeah oh my god the scent of nicotine mm-hmm. please don't come to my group like that because that would just Oh, I'm allergic to the smell. Mm-hmm. Can you change your sweater first? If we're not ready to deal with all manners of people's idiosyncrasies and ilks, then what are we here for? Right. And why are we here for it? Right. So. <sighs> this is how that I, I, I really believe like this. This is how we're going to change the world. I agree with you. A thousand percent, I agree with and you. And changing the culture. All these people are deconstructing their faith and stuff. It's really, I don't think there's faith. It's more of like maybe their God, their mom's parent, you know, their, I'm sorry, their mom's God. Yeah. Or the church in general. It's, 
which can be good. I mean, oh, it, it, it mean, can be it so good. good. All right, Amy, you just said something that I've it, I've I haven't put this language to it. Based on what you just said, people are actually deconstructing their pastors more than they're deconstructing God. For sure, or their mom, or their parents' God. That's exactly their right. Their perception. That's right. Through because of their parents. Yeah, they're deconstructing their pastors and right. their sermons mm-hmm. and their mama's faith and yep, y- you know because. All the issues that we're talking about now, we see people. Mm-hmm. Our parents' generation saw issues. Mm-hmm. Like a teenage pregnancy wasn't a girl named Amy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And your husband's name? Ryan. It wasn't Amy and Ryan mm-hmm. are teenagers and they've been having sex mm-hmm. and now Amy's pregnant. It is teenage pregnancy must be stopped. Yes. We got it. We have problems. We got to rebuke the teenage pregnancy. And it's like her name's Amy and she can hear you because yeah. she's right there. <laughs> and Ryan's right next to her. And he's crying because you won't say his name. You're acting like he's not here right now. But that's what we've done. Yeah. Right. It's the gay issue and mm-hmm. the gays. And I'm like, Antonio. Right. <laughs> like, you're talking about Antonio and Christopher, his boyfriend mm-hmm. of four years, mm-hmm. like committed. Some of y'all pastors ain't been committed to your wives. <laughs> been watching Pornhub every night. And you mad they got, they're more committed than your marriage is? You got a side chick down the street? <laughs> but it's more acceptable because you're heterosexual? Stop. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I am for the search party to go into the highways, byways, bushes, yes, and shrubs. Yes, I love that I'm trying dream. to go get everybody with baby bumps. Like, I am like, I'm going to be looking for baby bumps now. Like, Hey, <laughs> send them to us. You know where to send Absolutely. them. Absolutely. This is so good for my soul. Thank you for and sharing this. And all of our moms need this tool that you're going to be creating. He's going to do it. I want all the cross-pollinization. Yes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, I, I, yeah it's gonna happen so i want everybody that is watching this right now first i want to say if you have had an abortion Mm -hmm. god loves you Mm -hmm. jesus died for you i love you amy loves you Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of people that love you You may not be loved by your family of origin Mm -hmm. because of the decision that you made, but you can be loved by another family that has origins that run further than you to your parents Mm. and your grandparents. It goes all the way back to the God of the Bible who put us here to be in community. It is not good for man to be alone. It's not simply a marital statement. It is a relational statement. Mm Mm-hmm. You do not have to do life alone. You do not have to go through this pregnancy alone. Let me tell you something. If you've already had an abortion, he loves you. Mm -hmm. He loves you right this minute. He is not keeping a tally of how many you've had. Mm -hmm. So he just doesn't love you if you had one, but you decided not to have another one. He loves you if you had eight. Mm Mm-hmm. He loves you. And the moment you realize that, you will stop acting out. The moment we know we're loved unconditionally, mm-hmm. it does something to our neural system. It changes it our, all our decisions. Yeah. 
like the way we dream. Yeah. The jobs that we get, the yeah. way we parent, the way we have a spout, like yeah. it changes everything when we know it, not yeah. just in our head. That's right, in our hearts. But in our hearts. I'm loved. I'm lo- it changes everything. <sighs> All the links to Embrace Grace, the courses, the resources, mm-hmm. is going to be uh, on this pod. Um, I cannot thank you with it. Thank you for what your ministry is doing for my sisters mm-hmm. and my brothers. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna pray for you and for this mission because God loves it and Satan hates it. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, he hates it. Yeah. He hates it. This is you. You're going directly against the spirit of Molech. Mm-hmm. I mean. You're going against a principality. <laughs> and so um, we want to make sure you're covered in prayer mm-hmm. and that it's it's not. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to make sure. That. Um, hey, here and here's what I'll say. Yeah, this is good. I like doing this. If you're listening to this, I know I said I'm believing God for $5 million mm-hmm. for the B-side. But if you have five mil or one mil or half a mil or five single bills, send it to Embrace Grace. Mm-hmm. I already know God's going to provide for B-side and what we're doing. Send the money to Embrace Grace. When you have a ministry that is boots on the ground, meeting people where they are, and literally talking about it, not just being about it. I love that we're America at all, and we can go all the way around the world and and, and feed homeless people in third world countries. And we have young ladies right down the street that that have no idea that with the baby that they just found out is in their body after peeing on a stick. They have no idea if they have the capacity to raise this this child Mm -hmm. and embrace grace within 12 weeks with an almost 87% success rate can not only get them to believe Mm -hmm. that there's more for their life, but reconnect them to the God that created them and the baby growing inside them Mm -hmm. that there's more for them. If you got $5 million, write the check to embrace grace Mm. in Jesus name. Okay. Amen. Amy, I love you. I love you too. Please come back. I will. To talk about. I got lots more stories. For that I will listen. And I can sit here and have a revival full of stories <laughs> and have a five hour pod. We can go 56 minutes past my one with victory and get a, and get. Yeah. A five hour pod going. But we'll do it next time. Okay. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much Thank for you. sharing your heart for having me. and for this ministry. You're a special person. Thank you. And I love you. Love you too. Okay. Have a great one. Uh, everybody, embrace grace. Embrace God. Mm. And watch what he does on your behalf. Until next time. Bye. Bye. So press B with me and let's let whatever gon' be just be. Uh. Yeah, so press be with me and let's let whatever gon' be just be. 